What's that book you've been reading about? It's about heroes who get to go on adventures, defeat the monsters, and save the day. Little boy from the south side of Chicago, the only tourist that get to do that. This story is about my father and the secret birthright that's been kept from us. You going after it? We're gonna need a car. This is family business. And family stay together. Bad for my scared for myself. Just because they don't want you here doesn't mean you're not supposed to be. Gotta get away. This is an invitation unmitigated power. Where in the hell did I go wrong with you, boy? I told you to stay away from that damn place. There's something here. Just trying to get out. Everything was where and as it should be. From God to man to creature. TV show uh, for folks who are curious. This is a travel guide to Lovecraft Country, the podcast about the new HBO series Lovecraft Country. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going, sir? It's fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing good. In, in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? It's going well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? Well, outside it's quite stormy at the moment, but other than that, I'm fine. And how are you? I'm doing good. And uh, for folks who are curious, today is August 10th, 2020, and this is a introduction to the podcast uh, the show has not started yet. However, uh, we are doing the new uh, podcast on the show. Uh, for folks who are curious about us, where we can f be found and so forth, uh, we can be found at darkdiscussions.com. Uh, this is part of the Dark Discussions Network, uh, which is a all-encompassing site that's about to go live that will include um, articles, articles, uh, press releases, podcasts, reviews, interviews, and whatever um, for uh, anything related to genre. So that would be horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grind house, art house, uh, midnight movies, cult films, drive-in films, uh, 
anime, video games, uh, horror novels, uh, and of course, uh, superheroes. Um, this here is part of that network. So if you want to find us, darkdiscussions.com. And uh, we do have an email, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com. And we do have a Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, where you can join the conversation about Lovecraft Country or anything else genre related. Um, all right. So uh, let's see. Uh, there's not much uh, I know about the show, except that uh, I think we're all pretty big Lovecraft fans. Uh, uh, what about you, uh, Barrett? Uh, how, how long have you known about uh, Lovecraft, the author, and his stories? Uh, Lovecraft, the author, I've known about since I could almost read. <laughs> I've been reading Lovecraft for many years. Um, I love the mythology. I love the horror of it, um, the writing. So quite a while. Very good, very good. Yeah, um, I actually uh, heard about him through uh, Commodore 64 video game called The Goonies, based off of the movie The Goonies. And they named their levels after horror authors, and Lovecraft was one of them. And it was kind of a unique name, so it always uh, stuck with me. And then I took a horror, short story horror author class in college, and uh, Lovecraft was one of the seven or so authors that we... Uh, had to read and so that's my first uh finding of him uh and then of course uh living in new england area uh he has a more of an interest to me in the sense that uh i visited uh, uh a bunch of stuff in 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 providence where he's from providence rhode island and stuff so so yeah i've been a big fan of his for uh quite some time uh what about you mike uh, Lovecraft, and have you read any of his stories or anything like that? I know you. I know you saw uh, a movie based off of his uh, stories this year that you thought was phenomenal. Yeah, that was Colorado Space. I I don't know when I got introduced to Lovecraft officially. Um, I know I was in high school when I saw uh, From Beyond and Reanimator, uh, and you know those are both movies based on his stories. Um, I know the real Ghostbusters did an episode with Cthulhu, um, and that would have been around 85, 86. Um, so that might've been where I first heard about it. I've read a lot of Stephen King back then. And, you know, he was certainly might've gotten mentioned as an influence. Um, and I really started reading him when I was in college. It's been a bit since I've read anything, but I did read a lot way back then. Um, and you know, what I always loved about Lovecraft and which everyone will say is just the the ability to describe the undescribable um you know his ability to paint a picture with words without and letting your your mind fill in all the blanks um is something i found fairly unique among many horror authors um or his ability to do it was relatively unique uh just really talented at that um and it's a different kind of horror. Many have labeled it as cosmic horror, though it's not always cosmic. Then maybe Poe, who's a little bit more traditional, or Stephen King, who you know, begs, borrows, and steals. But when people talk about Lovecraftian horror, like Colorado Space, a lot of people tend to jump to tentacles. 
uh, as tentacles. It's like something that's outside the natural world, color, but not necessarily mythic in, let's say, traditional vampire, werewolf, zombie sort of sense. Um, and Colorado Space being a great example of that, you know, the idea that there's a color that doesn't fit within the normal color spectrum that people can't describe and it upends the natural order. Yep, very good. And uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, your knowledge of uh, Lovecraft and uh, reading his works and any of that stuff? Well, I mean, I first heard of Lovecraft when I was in high school, um, mostly because of uh, the band Iron Maiden on the cover of their Live After Death album. Uh, the, their mascot, Eddie, is coming back from the grave, and on the tombstone, there's the the... The, the sentence that makes absolutely no sense, the, that which is not dead can eternal lie, and with strange eons, even death may die. And then underneath it just says H.P. Lovecraft, and then, you know, here lies Edward T., and then he blocks off the last name. Um, so, I mean, Eric, uh, who I, you know, knew all my life, and uh, a friend of ours, they were, you know, they knew about Lovecraft, and they uh, they actually remember them telling me about the movie Reanimator, but I didn't know it was uh, the Lovecraft movie. I just just thought it was just a horror movie, and I really didn't get into Lovecraft. I'd say maybe until about seven or eight years ago, um, I started listening to the stories read on YouTube, and then I got. Uh, on Audible, and on Audible they have a Lovecraftian society where they, you know, they they read, they read all, all the stories. So I've gone through a few of them, but I mean, there there's just so many that I haven't been through all of them. But they're uh, obviously some are better than others, but some of, I mean, some of them are extremely good. And like uh i can't remember who i think it was phil and and barrett was saying that he just has this ability to describe things and describe a setting where it's very easy to picture in your head you know he doesn't really leave any room for for guesswork as far as how something looks he he was very gifted at that all right very good yeah so he's a iconic author um has always been uh, semi-famous to, or, or very famous to a limited audience, and then uh, uh, recently and, and slowly, uh, he keeps on growing to popularity. Uh, in some cases, uh, negatively due to uh, a statue award that used to be given out um, was removed because of, uh, I guess, um, I guess they call it cancel culture now. Uh, so it was replaced with uh, a different award. That was the big news uh, about four or five years ago. And uh, uh, the biographer, S.T. Joshi, uh, led the charge to, to keep the award, but uh, he lost out. Um, and then, of course, uh, things like this here, uh, this TV show, as well as uh, the movie uh, Call of Outer Space, uh, both 2020 uh, releases has obviously brought him back to the forefront as well. So uh, he's uh, slowly uh, gaining, um, I guess, bigger notoriety uh, recently from um, the wider general audience. Uh, now, uh, anybody uh, familiar with this book that this show is going to be based off of? Uh, the book is it's, called Lo Lovecraft. 
country. I thought it was a novel. I was getting this confused with something else coming out, which was called Harrow County, which is a comic book. Anybody uh, familiar with this Lovecraft country dark fantasy horror novel by Matt Ruff, who I guess Matt Ruff is is known for writing comics, too. Uh, So that's why... uh, uh, I was confused with what this is about. And, and the cover of the book, based off of what I see here, since I don't own the book and I've not read it, um, it's kind of uh, old-fashioned with a like 1950s pulp look to it. Um, it says it's 400 pages, so it's a pretty long book. Um, and it is uh, released by Harper's Harper Collins, so it was a, a big release. Um Anyway, uh, what what do people know about it? Mike, you said you knew something about this book, or, or you you? Uh, I only knew about it. No, I heard about it when it got picked up. I hadn't heard about it before. Um, I just heard that uh, Jordan Peele uh, acquired the rights to turn it into a series, and this was probably, I think, it was immediately after the success of Get Out, um, or maybe it was after Us, but I think it was Get Out because of the time it takes to make something like this. Um, and when he was he was producing it, it was based on a uh, on a novel or a pre-existing story of some form. Um, but that's all I knew about it. I didn't go looking at it because sometimes you see these things are in development and they never they never materialize, right? Um, or they end up like how long have we been hearing about the adaptation of the Gunslinger? And you know, it was a movie, it was a TV series, a TV series and a movie, and then just a shitty movie, and you know, that was it. Um, these <laughs> things can take years or decades or may never materialize. You know, I the one I always use is I remember reading about how they were going to turn Ant Man into a movie, and that was in uh, uh 1990. Uh, and just uh, 24 years later, they finally did it, you know. So I don't, I try not to get too excited unless I know something's getting fast tracked, and um. Yeah, so so I really didn't know anything about it besides the title. Right. Yeah. Same, same here. I, I didn't even uh, know too much about uh, the book until this year when, when uh, they were talking about it um, and whatnot. So uh, I was unfamiliar with it. Uh, I'm not familiar with the, the author either, Matt Ruff. Um, what about what about you, uh, Kevin? Have you heard anything about this novel prior to? HBO picking it up, or, or did you even uh, know it was the show was even based off of the novel? I did not know about the novel until about five minutes ago. Okay, I didn't know about it until until Phil said, "Oh yeah, it's based on a novel or a graphic novel." I said, "Oh, oh, okay." All right, fair enough. So what about you, Barrett? Uh, any information on this, uh, or or any, or I guess. Did you know that this show was based off of original, uh, I guess, another adaption, I should say. That's what I'm looking for. Thank I had adaption. no idea until you guys just started talking about it. Um, I had seen information about the show um, being take, you know, being started by Jordan Peele. Um, and I'm a fan of Get Out and uh, Us. So I pretty much give anything he does a try that's horror based. And I love Lovecraft, so if it came out, I was on board, and now it's coming out. So I'm going to check it out for sure, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, uh, so uh, reviews from Publishers Weekly on the book, and I'm grabbing this right here from uh, Wiki, uh, and it says, uh, impressive grasp of classic horror themes, uh, most unsettling, 
aspect is the constant bigotry experienced by the characters. Um, other other uh, information here says uh, active protagonists have life's dignity and indomitable spirit and observed. Uh, this is by someone named Corey Doctorow, uh, observed that because of their constant experiences with harassment, violence, expropriation, and the legacy of slavery, they don't need elder gods to experience horror. Um, and then uh, Tor.com, uh, the book company, said, thoroughly and effectively marries race and horror. Um, and called it a tense thriller, a terrifying nightmare, a heartbreaking tragedy, and a tale of holding onto aspiration and optimism, even while being chased through the woods by a hell beast from another dimension. Uh, the show is, as Mike mentioned, Jordan Peele. Uh, also, J.J. Uh, Abrams is an executive producer. And then uh, Misha Green is the showrunner. Um, and she used to be a staff writer for such shows as Sons of Anarchy and Heroes. Uh, the show has uh, some cast people here, and uh, some of them are, are known. Uh, Journey Smollett plays Alicia Dandridge, and uh, she actually is um, uh, the actress that was in uh, Birds of Prey, uh, and she's the the sister of Jesse Smollett. Um, uh, let's not blame the sister for the actions of the brother. Yeah. Why someone did? You do you not know the the just Jesse Smollett thing? Yeah. Oh no, I do. I do. Yeah, I do. I I, I didn't. But that she's still brothers with him. Right. I, I, I'm saying let's not hold that against her. Oh, I see what you're saying. Just yeah, right. Comment, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she has nothing to do with uh, uh, family, even though, as we say in Lovecraft stories, uh, you are guilty of your the sins of your forefathers. Uh, that's a well-known <laughs> thing about Lovecraft. But yeah, she 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 has nothing to do with that. Uh, she just happens to be the sister. Uh, other actors, Abby Lee. Uh, she's pretty well known uh, from various films, including Sucker Punch. Uh, she's Australian. And uh, various other actors uh, and actresses. No, no, no huge names. Uh, Tony Goldwyn uh, from various films. Uh, he, he's in it as well uh, as a recurring role. The, uh, uh, the actor I know best here is Michael Kenneth Williams, Michael K. Williams. Um, yeah. Probably best known, I, I think, for playing Omar on The Wire. Yep. Um, and if you've seen The Wire, you know Omar. Omar's coming. Uh, he's done other things. He played the character Chalky White in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Um, he played uh, in a small role as an agent in um, the Ghostbusters reboot in 2016. Um, and in the RoboCop remake, um, he was in the Purge Anarchy. So there's other things he's done, uh, in stuff that's not genre 12 Years a Slave. Um, so he has done other things, but 
Uh, oh, and right, I forgot he was in episodes of Community, too, as a teacher. So there were a lot of things he's done. He's been a character actor around for a while, but he is a very solid actor. And I didn't realize he was involved in this. And then when I saw him um, on the San Diego Comic-Con panel, I was like, oh, wow, my interest in it, which was already high, went up higher. Yeah, mine, too. Also, Courtney B. Vance is in it, and he was in Law & Order, Criminal Intent, and a lot of other shows. He's been around a while. Um, also, Jamie Chung is in it, too, and she also starred in Sucker Punch. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if one of the uh, casting agents uh, is friends with uh, Misha Green or, or one of the producers or someone, because uh, both Abby Lee and Jamie Chung uh, starred in that film, and a lot of times uh, when you see actors or actresses appear in multiple uh, films or TV shows that are unrelated. Uh, it's usually uh, because of the casting agents uh, have uh, the same, they have the same casting agent. Right. Uh, um, John, yeah. Uh, what's it? Uh, Vance had played uh, Johnny Cochran in the American crime story uh, tale for the OJ Simpson trial. Um, as among other things, but I think that was probably one of the more high profile things in terms of, uh genre uh he was in final destination five he was in one of your favorite films there phil the the divide um oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one so yeah um yeah he's another one who's been around for quite a bit oh he was in terminator genesis as, as miles dyson yeah he's so, in a lot uh, of well, terminator reboot number really two, far three yeah right right all the way back um, Hill, it looks like. <laughs> what, which what show? Our movie? The movie Hamburger Hill back in the eighties. Oh yeah, right. Eighty-seven. I was working in a movie theater when that came out. Yeah. yeah how about that? Uh, so this show here is going to be uh, ten episodes. So it's a, it's a full HBO season. They must have uh, got it all done before COVID, obviously. Um, and they were probably sitting on it and editing it um, until now to get it out. Appears that the first three episodes are written by. Misha Green, and then they have uh, various directors uh, throughout. For uh, so far, only five directors have been named, uh, or I should say, five of the episodes have had directors named. And then uh, Misha Green actually appears to um, co-wrote episodes four through ten. So yeah, so she and she's a, as as I mentioned, she's a screenwriter originally before a showrunner. So she she wrote a lot of the Sons of Anarchy and Heroes and various other TV shows. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that rather than direct, she's focusing on the writing side. Um, now, um, the synopsis. Let's, let's get the synopsis and what we think about it and what we feel about what it means. Uh, so basically the pr premise uh, is Lovecraft Country follows Atticus Black as he joins up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America in search of his missing father. This begins a struggle to survive and overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters that could be ripped from a Lovecraft paperback. Um, so that's all I know about it, because uh, unlike Mike... Um, and I know you, Barrett, I know, Mike, you said you watched a panel um, that they had at, at, at the Comic-Con convention. And I know, Barrett, you watched a trailer, and I think you did too, uh, Kevin. But I, I haven't watched any trailers or any 
of the interviews, I'm going in completely blind. Um, so I don't know too much, but uh, let's start with you, Mike, since you, it appears, have seen the most stuff behind the scenes and all that stuff to, based off of uh, the Comic-Con thing. Uh, what's your feelings of uh, this this premise? Uh, it sounds pretty interesting, I guess, right? Um, I mean, I'm on two fronts on this. Uh, well, actually three, I guess. Uh, the first is that as a group of four white guys in the Northeast, I, I don't know that we're any of us qualified to talk about the black experience in the South in the 1950s. Um, a series set 15 or 16 years before any of us, I think, were born. <clears throat> that said, we'll do our best to keep an open mind. Um, yeah, if you want to. Uh, um, so I think it's an interesting way to, to do this. Um, horror often works. Uh, you know, so my second mind frame is that it's horror often works when it's speaking as a metaphor. Um, on the panel, uh, they asked, it took them about 10 minutes to get to any questions involving the supernatural. If you didn't know anything, if you, only, if you walked away from the panel at like minute nine and a half, you would have known there was anything supernatural at all in the TV series at all. Um, but they finally got around to asking about the supernatural. And um, Michael K. Williams had mentioned being a fan of Twilight Zone. You know, the Twilight Zone was great in its use of allegory to discuss hot button issues of the time back in the 1960s. Um, so I think this is a good formulation and I think this is a good reason why um, you have to separate the artist from the art and the whole cancel culture thing. And, and um, you have who Lovecraft was. And I think, you know, let's be honest, we were all going back a hundred years ago. Even many of the most progressive people from a hundred years ago would probably seem a bit racist compared to the, the, our uh, default positions today, right? Um, they were probably not quite as enlightened on, on race. Um, but even so, Lovecraft seems to have maybe been a little further out than most. But he did write stories that were able to touch these creators and touch these artists, even though they may have been people he might never want to associate with. You know, even though these are people of color, right? Gordon Peele probably never would have done things like Get Out and Us if it wasn't for stories from Lovecraft and others. Um, so the idea that they're taking his work and seizing it to tell a story about racism, a parable or allegory about racism is, is an interesting one. My third frame of mind for this, though, is that the danger is that when you take the, the subtext and turn it into text, right, and meaning by putting this not as um, just having the, the monsters be the metaphor for racism, but having characters in 1954, 55 Southern United States uh, dealing and fronting actual, you know, racists. At the same time, you run the risk of the metaphor, the subtext becoming text and it becoming heavily heavy handed and preachy. And that always kind of bothers me in any kind of entertainment. I don't care what the message is. I don't care how much I agree with the message. I don't be, like being being, you know, having somebody wait wag their finger at me or lecture at me, especially, I think, if it's something I already agree with, because I don't need them to do that. Um, and I feel like it's taking it out. I have no idea which, how well they're going to straddle the line. I'm just saying going into this, that is a thing that I would be, uh, be a little concerned with, is how on the nose are they going to end up being with this? Um, and can they do it in a way that they do, they let the message go beyond the, um, the entertainment, you know, over override the, the end, that part of it. 
Um, I am interested in saying this. this is not a story we tend to, to get a lot. Um, I think that has been a legitimate criticism. We don't hear a lot of stories from the uh, in the United States and pop culture that comes from the uh, black point of view. The black character was often always the with few exceptions, the sidekick, um, you know, or uh, the criminal or, or what have you. And very rarely was it the lead. And if it was the lead, um, a lot of the, the ethnicity was scrubbed out of him. If you think about a lot of uh, Eddie Murphy movies when we were younger or Denzel Washington, you know, or uh, Will Smith, they're not usually films. You think, you know, that's there, there's a lot of blackness that goes into that story, into that film. Um, they're fairly safe. Um, so I'm really curious to see what they do with it. And the idea is that the, the lead character is going around from County to County, helping write the green book. And the green book, I guess is, um, uh, I, which I have not seen. I don't know if any of you saw the Oscar-winning film from a couple of years ago, which I have not. Um, not either. Me neither. But the, but the Green Book, and this is an example, by the way, of why uh, we, as as uh, four white guys, and sometimes need to keep our ears open, um, we don't know what the Green Book is because we're not black. The Green Book, I guess, was if you were a black person in the South, you would have known what it was because it was a, literally it was a book of saying, here are the safe places you can go. Oh, 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 I thought you meant... Had I seen the movie? Yeah, yeah, I knew what yeah. the Green Book was. Yeah, okay. thought, yeah, yeah. We we knew what the Green Book was, but but we haven't seen the movie. Okay, right. So that that's so he's contributing chapters to the Green Book, and that's I guess the framing sequence, and somewhere it gets involved with finding the lost father. Um, so it is going to hit the the issue head on, and it's and stories like this. And one of the things they mentioned in this is they talk about a sundown city, which I also hadn't heard of, which was basically cities. Um, in the South, that if you were black, you better get out before sundown because otherwise you're you're, you're fair game, and that alone sounds like a, a wonderful premise for a horror film, a horrible premise for real life. Um, but then you throw in the the risk of uh, Lovecraftian creatures in it. Um, you, you, all right, now 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 maybe that distance is enough to be more entertaining than just chilling. Yep, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I, I'm curious about the show. I mean, um, yeah, Lovecraft, as, as we've mentioned, uh, has had some interesting uh, aspects about his uh, his his personal beliefs. Um, he was a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant of uh, maybe a little Germanic in him too, and he was uh, obviously what what we would call a typical stuffy shirt uh, bourgeois Brahim. New Englander, Yankee. Um, uh, me and Mike and uh, the Dark Discussions Network, we all meet up yearly. This year it was canceled because of COVID. In uh, Mystic Pizza in the Groton, Connecticut, New London, Connecticut area. Because uh, we're it, not white enough. Well, <laughs> well, 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 this is what I'm saying about Mystic Pizza. The movie Mystic Pizza is an interesting example of uh, this aspect of Lovecraft's culture in the sense that it's about uh, three or four, I think it's four Portuguese girls, uh, Portuguese Americans. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually half Portuguese myself. And when my mother watched this film, she was like, you know, shaking her fist at the, at the screen. Um, because basically the Yankees that run the town, uh, treat the Portuguese like shit. And, uh, it's kind of humorous looking at it because, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And what what happens is is that Lovecraft, one of his stories, the old man, is about three robbers, a Portuguese guy, an Italian guy, and a Polish guy, who are all 
uh, from immigrant people in the time that the story was written, meaning they were considered lower than the English waspy people that Lovecraft was. And so he made them the villains. And of course they get killed by an old Yankee, uh, who's a little like crazy. So yeah, it's, it's an aspect of, uh, his, his culture where he's just like, if you ain't a, a wasp Yankee, you know, you're, you're a little lower in a sense. And, uh, um, one of his stories, the rats in the wall, which is a great story. Um, there's a cat, a black cat in the story named a terrible word that you can't say. So it's, it's known that he's, uh, of his time, so to say. He definitely has tiers of people in what level they are of, um, humanity to him. Yes. Yeah. He's a very interesting person, like various other, uh, folks with this, uh, unfortunate, uh, thought process of those errors in the sense that it wasn't consistent because, you know, he married a Jewish woman and, uh, yeah, you know, he didn't necessarily like Jewish folk either. And again, it came down to not because he didn't like them, I guess, but they weren't wasps. So it's, it's really weird. The, the whole thing. Um, so, his stories are themselves metaphors for various things too. So to take this story here, Lovecraft country written by Matt Ruff, a German American of Lutheran religion from New York city about black folk in the South in 1950s is interesting um, as well, because he's, writing something too and then now this story is now being brought to uh film by a very prominent uh african well let me rephrase that because they could be caribbean uh black americans um and and so the question is uh what as you said mike are they going to discuss is it going to be following the book or not and is the book preachy too so I, I don't know and are the Lovecraft elements there for the horror or are the Lovecraft elements there because of Lovecraft's own I guess checkered beliefs too and well, I don't what, know. it wasn't can... sorry uh, wasn't Lovecraft an atheist uh, no no he was, he was a Episcopal I believe oh because I, I was he a uh, grown uh, a a family Episcopal, or was he a practicing Episcopal? Well, like, was, was it something he was raised in, or, or yeah. was it something he actively practiced? He might, I'll have to look, but I mean, when yeah, I've yeah. heard people talk about Lovecraft in the past, uh, like on other podcasts, I think they've all said he was atheist. Um, I mean, he may have been raised Episcopal. That's very possible, but I mean, right, right. There are a lot of people who you know were raised one thing and ended up not sticking with it. So I, yeah. So I think he, he I think he was an atheist. And well, uh, what what it, what it would be is his Episcopalian religion would be part of his wasp culture. Yeah. Rather than as a religious belief, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, he was that cultured that by sense. it, but not necessarily a believer. Well, it's kind of yeah. like uh, people celebrate Christmas that aren't Christians. 
Right. Well, I also think we have to remember, and, and I don't know if it applies here with, with Lovecraft, after a person's dead, we think that they, we have a tendency to homogenize their lives, right? When in reality, a person could have, could go through a lot of different stages of faith and belief in their life, where you could be, you know, he, he maybe at one part of his life, he could have been an atheist, another part of his life, he could have been practicing Episcopalian, another part of his life, he could have been an agnostic. I'm not saying that was, because I don't, I've never really dug that deeply into his biography, you know, but, you know, it's, uh, most people, if you think about your own belief systems, I'm sure they've evolved over the years to some degree or another. Some people get more religious, some people less, some people change their their denomination. Um, so, or again, it's why you kind of down. Right. You, you kind of got to let that again in the end, let the work speak for itself. It's interesting to know how it may be influenced by the creator and where his mind was at that time. Right. Um, I wanna... But. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, continue your thought, Mike, please. Yeah, sorry. So it's good to, but in the end, it's, you know, that's, that should never, that should enrich the text. It should never take away from the text. And you should also be aware of using the text to describe, to, to nail that person's life. Like I think in Rats in the Walls, you mentioned the, the name, which they did change the name uh, of the cat uh, in later publications, which is probably why I don't remember that particular thing. Um, but I didn't necessarily pick up on the name of the cat as being a thing about Lovecraft's racism, as it was the fact that this is a um, uh, a decadent family kind of uh, the last you're dealing with the end of a of a of a major family a familiar line, and right. the cats at that residence. So I always took it more, you know. You, uh, that I never, you know, looked at it. Uh, he saw this family and the rats in the wall as a as a good thing. So the idea that they had a cat with that particular name, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was something that Lovecraft was agreeing with. I think that's you have to be careful about it. confusing the characters in an, in a story with the story itself and with the author. Well, that's another huge problem that we we could spend hours on. I, I do recommend. Um, <laughs> yeah, there there was a, a good uh, panel uh, on the virtual scares of care weekend from a, about a week ago, uh, where there were a number of authors of uh, various backgrounds and discussing this kind of issue. Um, it was, uh, I think, it was a, the, the the issue is how how extreme can horror go, or should there be limits on horror? And this was one of the things it's let, that was that they brought up was the idea that, you know, just because I have a character do this thing, it doesn't mean I want to do this thing. The idea is that the person doing the thing is the, the villain. You know, you have a racist in your story who is saying racist things. It doesn't mean the writer is a racist unless, you know, you made that the hero of the story. Then maybe you have, a, have an issue. But well, it's right. like the Thomas Covenant fantasy books where the main character rapes someone early in the series. And yeah, I remember. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard hard scene, and his character is affected by that through all of the books. Now, um, let me ask you this, Barrett, since you 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 brought that up. Uh, what what what's your what's your opinion of uh, this? I guess plot synopsis that I, I read. Uh, have you thought much about it? It's uh, or is it just a curiosity until you see the show, or or what? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I am. Cons- I don't want a preachy show, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm interested to see how they, how they, their take on you know the Jim Crow era. I don't know a lot 
about it other than what I've read in history books and what I see in entertainment. Um, so, you know, my experiences are limited and I'll just be curious to see how it's done, how it works out into the story. What's interesting is, so when Mike was talking about the Comic-Con panel and how you wouldn't know this is a supernatural story, like for the first 15 minutes, if you watch the trailers until this last one, you get the same feeling. And then this last one, you definitely know it's supernatural by the end of the trailer. So I'm wondering if, you know, there's a reason that they did that as well. If they were worried about who they're going to pull into it and all that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, That's a good point because, uh, is Lovecraft's name known? I mean, obviously the book isn't, isn't necessarily a a bestseller. I mean, I'm sure it has its fans and and a lot of folks have read it and are probably going to read it now that it's being adapted. Um, but, Lovecraft himself, again, is only a select uh, audience, and it's not because he's Lovecraft, but it's because just like any author of bygone days have a select audience, like uh, Jack Kerouac, for example, uh, is a well-known author, but only to a select handful of folks who know of, you know, great American literature, not necessarily um, the everyday person. So, yeah, and Lovecraft's really a small bit of horror. You know what I mean? Like, he influences a lot of it, but he himself is a small part of horror. Right. I mean, I, I dressed up for Halloween uh, for school a couple of years ago uh, as a teacher, you know, trying to find, up a, find a costume you can wear in school and still teach is not easy. So I went as a uh, Cthulhu cultist um uh with just basically in a three-piece suit with some pamphlets to give out uh and a a knit squid mask um and the english teachers didn't didn't get the reference right when we even when i gave them the pamphlets and it you know cited and i thought they they didn't heard i hadn't heard of them they obviously have heard of poe shirley jackson um you know but obviously Stephen King or, you know, it's, they will have heard of those writers, but Lovecraft. And, you know, this was only a couple of years ago. The teachers are not necessarily that old that they should have been completely out of it. Um, as arguably the, the second most influential horror author in the United States, or maybe the third um, horror writer from before our lifetimes um, it's weird that we would think he wouldn't be recognized to us. It's uh, obviously you should know, but if you're not in this genre, you yeah, might not know of him. Uh, which, which is why I love if I, if you if you had dissociated Lovecraft, if you did not know who Lovecraft was and you heard there's a a show coming out called Lovecraft Country, what what would you think that's about? I mean, I, I would think it's about you know a, a romantic country western singer or something. I don't. Um, from the previews you'd be like huh <laughs> right right so you kind of have to sell the supernatural because you can't assume people know what the word the name lovecraft is associated with it, you know it's not like stephen king or or, or, or sutter kane huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's a fair point so so it's uh yeah i mean unless unless you advertise it as horary uh, the regular fan wouldn't wouldn't know that it means horror, right? Because I mean, we all would because we all know who Lovecraft is. Um, 
but yeah, right, exactly. He's not a household name like Poe is. Uh, I would even doubt Shirley Jackson is as well known as you mentioned, Mike. But no, but because of the lottery, every English teacher knows who the hell Shirley Jackson is. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You, you, you were referencing as your teacher friends. They, they knew who Shirley Jackson would be, or or obviously, but, or Poe. Poe. but right, right. That's a fair point. Okay, right, right. right. Gotcha. Yeah, but I mean, I think you, you remember the clusterfuck that was uh, the Disney movie that came out a few years ago that was based on the the novel uh, uh, Princess of Mars, right? Oh yeah, and, uh, that, yeah, that was a pretty pretty good little movie. I felt, but yeah. but they 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 didn't know what to do with the marketing because they they start with Princess of Mars turns the boys off, turns John Carter of Mars turns the girl off because it mentions Mars. So they just got rid of the of Mars part and just turns into John Carter, which is about the, the, the least informative, least interesting title you could possibly come up with to sell this story. Yep. And, you know, I'm not going to say that that's the only reason that that movie failed, but it is a classic example of not knowing how to handle your marketing. And a name like Lovecraft Country, if you do not know who John Carter was, you would not have had any idea what that film was about and if you do not know who lovecraft is you'll have we hear the title movie coming out called lovecraft country means something my mom sees that title i don't know what the hell she's thinking <laughs> right. definitely not she's what you see something like Rangers of madison county or something like that yeah i mean it just <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a fair point that's a fair point because i mean with my wife my wife is a very prolific reader but if I told her about Lovecraft County, the only reason why she would recognize the name is because of me. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, right. And so, so yeah, the name is more recognizable than it's ever been. But it's because right. of people like us associating, you know, people that are close to us with what it is that would not have normally ever heard sure. of them. Sure, sure, sure. Obviously, uh, with a show with his name in the title, that's going to help a lot, for sure. Yep. Um, let, let me ask you this, Mike, uh, first. I'll ask Mike, because uh, me and Mike uh, do another side podcast called uh, Searching for American Gods. Um, and that's about Neil Gaiman, Gaiman's uh, uh, book adaption on Showtime, uh, sh- uh, stars, I mean, um, and uh, th- whatnot. Now, th- do you think this TV show here, Lovecraft Country, is going to be more dark, urban, well, not urban, obviously, because this is going to be rural, but dark fantasy, rather, you know, similar to, like, American Gods, rather than straight horror. Well, American Gods, by the title, is a implies a fantasy element, um, assuming it's not about professional athletes or something, you know, it's, um, or politicians. Um and that and that genre, Neil Gaiman dabbles in a lot of different things, but he's mostly a fantasy author. Lovecraft is horror, um, and you're dealing with a series that's about racism, so that's about as real world horror as you can possibly get. Um, so I, I I can't imagine that they're going to be treating it lightly. I understand there's. Um, Maybe a conspiratorial element to it, um, you know, because you know, it's, it's Lovecraft, so, you know, cult, right? Another movie we reviewed uh, in the last year was Dagon, which from, no, 
was like 2001? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. It was, it was around right, right after the century started. Yeah. 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 So saying that, so saying that there's a, a cult involved in a, a story tied into love. Oh, uh, when, 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 when was the night? Mike, when was 9-11? That was 2001, right? That was 2001, yeah. Yeah, so it came out like a week before or after 9-11. That so, yeah. was it, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, My DVD yeah, shows but, 2002. Uh, yeah, but the, but the film at the theaters yeah. uh, actually debuted uh, at like the week of. But anyway, continue. Mike, sorry. And things and stuff. I was saying, so yeah, I can't imagine not being hard. I mean, that, that that's it's. I don't think it's going to. But having a cult and a conspiracy thing, you could maybe veer towards more of a fantastic element uh, to it, I suppose. But um, you know, you still have. There is a shot of Cthulhu in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether or it's Cthulhu's like, action, sure. it sings with yeah, things intended. So yeah. So what I saw for Cthulhu reminded me a little bit about the. Uh, might a little bit of the the worms in uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, um, and and by the way, things like Stranger Things, it's clearly oh, yeah. steals a lot from Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. Movies like Underwater steals a lot from Lovecraft. It has a Lovecraftian creature at the end of it. Spoiler warning. Um, so I think you're also getting Lovecraft being pushed more and more into the mainstream. Um, there's a lot more Lovecraftian influence out there because you're getting more filmmakers out there uh, and TV series creators who can cite him as an influence. Um, so I think that might be helping to raise his profile too. Right, right. I think you'll see some mysticalness, but it'll be like that alien mystical type of cult thing. Right, sort of like well, we saw on a comedic side the movie, um, oh, Satanic Panic, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Where, where, there was a now that was comedic, you know, but you have a cult ritual and stuff like that, so there's a magical element to it. So there may be magic involved in this, but well, I, don't I can think, think of it as like Disney magic. We just don't understand it, so it that seems like magic, kind of like yeah. Thor. Right. Right. Um, now, uh, what else do we want to bring up uh, about tonight uh, for our week in advance uh, discussion of this TV show that's coming out uh, August 16th? I'm not. I don't know. I, I'm kind of tapped. I don't know what else to say without having read the book and without having seen a show. Yeah. Um, so I, I, for me, I'm a little tapped. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we just wanted to come on uh, for 35 to 55 minutes uh, to introduce ourselves and discuss a little bit about our thoughts of the show from various perspectives. Me, completely blind. Uh, Barrett and uh, Kevin uh, uh, didn't know uh, it was an adaptation of a book. And uh, Mike, who was actually able to see the Comic-Con, uh, uh, what, what was that, Mike? Uh, a Comic-Con like panel, I guess? Yeah. And and by the way, it, because Comic-Con, as many conventions, are virtual this year, um, 
you can see this. It, I watched it. I have HBO Max, and you can watch it on HBO Max. Um, just go to HBO Max. Uh, I, I should get. I should be getting paid every time I say HBO Max. Go to HBO Max and uh, type in Lovecraft or Lovecraft Country, and you'll get a, a link to the trailer, and you'll get a link to the uh, to the forty-three minute or so panel. I think the panel is interesting. Um, and it really, I found it interesting because they're really the, the actors for the most part. It's all the actors on the series, um, mostly talking about their experiences. Because it, and it is a thing that's dealing with issues of again race in America and stuff. They've had to deal with stories that if you, now Phil and I, you know, uh, Phil recently hit a big number. I'm about to hit that big number in a couple of weeks. Um, we were born a couple of years after you know the time when it was okay to have segregated water fountains. Um, and so we, we tend to think of it was a thing in the past which was before I was born, but not that far in the past. And so you still have people today who are hearing these stories of what things were like from their parents and grandparents. And they're dealing, and I imagine a black family, you're hearing more of those stories than, you know, me and my uh, Irish and Italian family ever heard. Yeah, so hearing some of those stories, I think it'd be interesting in giving people a better backdrop, a background information um, for where this show is kind of coming from. Um, and if this is a thing that you don't have an open mind with and you're just going to shut it off, well, then you're probably not going to be able to enjoy the show. And I'm not necessarily going to agree with everything the show is going to say because I really don't know what it's going to say. Um, but it's just interesting to hear it things from other people and their particular perspective who don't really have a reason necessarily to lie about it. Now, uh, Mike, let me ask you uh, this. Uh, the panel, did it have J.J. Abrams, Jordan Peele, uh, this rough guy that wrote the novel? No, uh, it was just, it was, it was all the Mr. actors. Green? It was, it was just it the was, actors. I'm pretty sure it was just the actors. I don't remember Mr. Green being there. Um, I remember Michael K. Williams being there. I remember Vaughn being there. Um, so I don't remember who else was there. Um, I'm always terrible with names and faces. Uh, Michael K. Williams is easy to remember because he's a, he got a big old scar running down the middle of his face. That is an authentic scar. Um, when you see that on the on the series, if you're wondering if it's makeup or not, it's not. He has it in everything he does. Um, but that makes it easy to keep to to see him and identify him um and phil will tell you this i'm terrible with recognizing people this is this is not a black thing this is a michael has face blindness thing indeed um all right now what about you kevin uh, anything else that you want to bring up uh before we start wrapping it up nope i i think uh anything that's that needed to be said has been said all right sounds good and what about you barrett I would agree. Everything's been said that can be said until we watch the show. All right. Very well. Uh, so uh, just a couple of wrap-up things first. Uh, uh, we're going to try to get the episodes out uh, every Wednesday following the show. So, for example, uh, this will be August 16th will be the first episode of the HBO show. We're going to try to record it within the next day or two and then get it out for all listeners by Wednesday. So uh, that's that's our release schedule, um, and that's pretty much it there. Uh, also, uh, follow us uh, at darkdiscussions.com. Uh, right now, there, there's an old version of the website out 
that's uh, actually fairly uh, cool, but uh, it's being replaced with a brand new website that's going to be uh, all media encompassing and uh, have all sorts of things, including uh, a lot of articles and press releases and things of that nature, as well as a lot of podcasts are going to be over there, including the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, which is the podcast that myself and Mike uh, do with a couple other co-hosts, um, and then uh, me and Barrett and uh, Kevin have been doing some Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews podcasts, uh, but there's also other podcasts with other hosts that are not us. Um, now, uh, I guess uh, with that stated, uh, Mike, why don't you uh, lead us out? All right. Well, we want to thank you for um, listening to this inaugural episode of, what are we calling it now? Travelogue for Lovecraft Country? Uh, yeah. Do you want to call it travel log or travel guide? I'm I thought it was travel guide. Travel uh, guide. Travel guide to Lovecraft Country. Um we, we literally just kind of decided on, on the name before we started, so my apologies. Um, if you would like to hear our other stuff, you have Dark Discussions and Searching for American Gods and Bullet Brothels and Bots, a Westworld podcast, You Know Nothing, nothing Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, uh, Halloween Psychotronic Boutique Reviews. Um, was there something I'm skipping? Oh, and uh, Cinema a la carte. So you can hear us uh, or some of us in, in those episodes uh covering different things please visit us in our facebook group and please come back next week and we will talk about the very first episode of lovecraft country oh cinnamon we ain't gonna run to cinnamon we ain't gonna run to cinnamon we ain't gonna run to on that day I run to the rock, please hide me on.